Indigenous School District. You're listening to the Community 360 podcast. I'm Mona White, counselor with the Community 360 Center, and I'm here with Nicole Collier, who's a counselor here at the Center and also a counselor at Chaparral Elementary School. This uh, week, we are going to be talking about Chapter 10 of Amy Morin's 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do. And in chapter 10, she talks about they don't prevent their child from making mistakes. And I have to say that over this several weeks that we've been doing this podcast, I've really been enjoying this book because it's so practical. And you can get a copy of this book from the www.community360.me. And we have a library and there's also an audio version. So I would love to um, to have you check that out. So, Nicole, yes. take us away. Well, what I loved about this chapter is that, um, so we're talking about 13 things mentally strong parents don't do. They don't prevent their child from making mistakes, right? And so as a parent, it's important to sit back and think, am I making every little small decision in my child's life for them. Am I picking out what they're gonna wear? Am I deciding exactly what they're gonna eat without giving them choices, right? Am I micromanaging their schedule? And what we're finding is that parents who tend to micromanage um, and make every decision for their child, they're raising kids who don't know how to make decisions on their own. And I, I love kind of way later in the chapter, but it sort of was a great theme to think about as a parent, um, and I have three kids, they're all grown. Do I want to see myself as more like a teacher or a coach or a guide helping them learn and grow? Or do I want to see myself as somebody who is kind of taking control and doing everything for them. And and I and I like that thought because as we kind of talk about this chapter, I think for a parent to kind of think about really what do I want my role to be? Do I want to be more of a, sort of that guide and teacher and help my child even when they make mistakes kind of navigate through it? Right. And I like how she talked about I think she said, "Do you want to be the protector?" or the guide, right? Mm -hmm. And the protector comes from a place of, I'm gonna protect my child from all failure. I'm If I see that my child's gonna make a mistake, I'm gonna jump in and rescue them. And actually, what ends up happening is we're doing our kids a disservice by doing that. And I know many times as a parent, I have a 19-year-old daughter, and you know, I remember when she was younger, kind of just wanting to jump in and make decisions for her and take care of it because it was quicker. <laughs> and I was in a hurry and I didn't want to wait for her to choose what shoes she wanted to wear for the day, right? Or what she wanted to eat. So it's kind of just taking a breath, taking a step back and really empowering your child to be able to make their own decisions and even make a mistake and yeah. that mistakes are okay. Yeah. It's so funny because... Um, there's a whole section about helicopter parents, but it there's a thought of kind of about my own uh, childhood. And that is that we think that cell phones give our kids more freedom. 
but actually the truth is we are constantly checking in with our kids because of the cell phone and I think growing up and I'm not saying this is the this was what it was so my mom's not listening so it's a I mean my our parents back in the day I'm a little older like they would just you had to be home for dinner and I don't even know that you know so I do think and you know my and growing and raising my kids I do think that I you know I kind of felt like well that's a little loosey-goosey and so I did definitely monitor my kids more but I think we can get really over the top with that and so that was really something that kind of um kind of stood out in my mind like are we are we over correcting and going like way too much monitoring of the kids right and you, it's so funny that you say that because I my parents really I mean I was always doing fine things I was just playing with my friends during the day but it was just one of those things that okay just come home when the street lights come on right mom I didn't have the opportunity to have a cell phone or you know have my mom be texting me all the time that was a little bit before the time so um so it's interesting how things have changed and I like how she was talking in the book how um it's kind of become the norm to become a helicopter parent that you know some parents feel like if they're not managing everything for their kids if you know they're not um I guess it's the difference between good parenting and not intrusive parenting, right? And I think that when we have too much of a connection with cell phones or we're micromanaging our kids' schedule or making decisions for them, we end up being more intrusive and overstepping boundaries and really limiting our kids' ability to make mistakes, right? And mistakes are an okay thing and it's okay for kids to understand that everybody makes mistakes right so mm -hmm. as long as we learn from our mistakes and coaching your kids on how to handle the mistakes they've made and how to learn from them right because we make mistakes as adults too and I think we want to teach kids to um to know that if you make a mistake um especially you know there, there kids make so many small mistakes that they can learn good lessons from that that's a that's a really powerful thing like i can make a mistake uh and that i can learn and grow from it and hopefully not make that same mistake again i mean that's the biggest the biggest piece of the puzzle uh, i think yeah absolutely and um you know, I think today a lot of parents really just inherently believe that making a mistake is a bad thing, right? Like if you fail a test, then that means that you're stupid or, or if you don't get a job, that means that you're a loser. There's something wrong with you, right? And so these beliefs kind of um, tend to make us as parents not we don't want our kids to experience that so then we just kind of do whatever we can right. it's interesting because she also talked about in the book like what would you do in this situation if your child had a science experiment and they had to make a volcano and your son comes out with this volcano and it looks awful it's you know a big blob it's not even working as like a proper volcano with the lava coming out are you gonna let your kid um, show up to school with this volcano that he worked hard on, or are you going to jump in and try to rescue him and be like, no, 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 we've got to fix it. And I think as parents, a lot of times we want to fix it. So our child doesn't have to feel rejection or embarrassment or that maybe they didn't do a good right. job. At but something. that's how you learn. So like, let's say your child does a science project that is not that great. 
and um, and they maybe don't score that well on it, or even the teacher says you need to redo this. That's a learning. That's a lesson for our you know our kids too. So uh, and I I don't think the author is saying uh, you know just let it rip and let your kid do anything and whatever you know come what may. But I think like these little things um, come up and they are opportunities for kids to for kids to to learn. I like that she really talks about clothes a couple of times. And I think that is something that parents are really, you know, we can really get in there like, really, you're going to wear that, you know, stripes and checks and polka dots and whatever. And I think, so that's a simple thing to, you know, we're with a little, little one, um, you know, kind of letting them, explore a little bit there's not a lot you know there's no there's no damage to be done really right and I think sometimes you know I I know maybe as a parent you might think uh what's the teacher gonna think of me if I send Timmy to school you know and he's wearing mismatched socks or things that you know but um really in the grand scheme of things those things really don't matter and it's not a reflection on you being you know, a bad parent. It's actually a reflection on you kind of giving your child some, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Mona? Help well, me out here. Some room to grow, you know? And independence, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And making decisions for themselves, right? And letting them decide what they're going to wear. Because what ends up happening is if you're, you're constantly making decisions for your child, and I think I was kind of guilty of this with my own daughter, because um, I found that when she got older, she was always looking to me for validation that what her the decision she was making was right. And it's even a simple decision like, sh- should I wear this? Should I eat this? Should I go here? You know, mm-hmm. so really um, empowering your kids mm-hmm. to be confident in their decisions. Right. I think you've made such a good uh, statement, which is, you know, sometimes if our kids let's say they have a weird outfit on and usually it's when they're little they do that like we feel like that's a reflection of our parenting and i think that we can be a little kinder to ourselves you know with that um one thing that i did see in in this um chapter that was pretty intense and that was the helicopter parent disservice to kids and sort of that she has four different data points, and I felt like, yikes, yikes. Um, so, uh, for example, kids who aren't allowed to make mistakes are more likely, this was a research done um, by um, University of Mary Washington in Virginia, my home state, and um, it talked about how the, there's higher rates of mental health issues in in kids that are not able to make as many um, decisions. They have like less life satisfaction. Um, and the other one that really kind of stuck out, and I thought this was so interesting, was increased physical health problems because um, sometimes it's a lack of having the skills to take care of their own health, not knowing what to eat or sleep or how to take care of their own body. And I thought, wow, you know, um, that's sort of the large negative impact of kind of doing too much for our kids that we're not teaching them how to take care of their own well-being. 
Yeah, the long-term implications. And it's so interesting because I that I really appreciated that part of the chapter also. And she was also talking about how um, kids with helicopter parents actually have lower executive functioning skills. So they're not able to plan, right, and manage their time. Um, so really there are so many. Oh, another thing that she said was, uh, they won't take risks or go outside of their comfort zone, right? So there's really, you know, a lot more to being a helicopter parent. Long-term effects, you know, it's not just what you're doing when they're at a young age. It really kind of sets them up for um, whether or not they're going to be able to be a successful adult in the future. It's, to see them those skills. It, it's so funny. I'm, I'm kind of smiling, but you guys can't see that. We're on a podcast. But <laughs> my youngest says to me today, she's like, you know, millennials totally do things differently, which is they're, they hop, they job hop. So every couple of years, they're, they move around and, and that they're not old fashioned like us where we stay at one place forever. And I thought that that was so interesting because if that's sort of the a shift in employment where people um, do move positions every so many years for advancement, you would have to have even more self-confidence and even more ability to, um, to, you know, navigate change. And so if that's true, my millennial Emily, uh, that, you know, that that's sort of the, how things are in the future that, and, and currently that helping our kids have that adaptability is even more important than, than ever before. Absolutely. And, you know, another point I wanted to touch on is we're not saying let your kids, you know, make harmful mistakes. So, of course, we want to prevent harmful mistakes, right? So a mistake that might pose a safety risk. If your toddler's getting too close to the edge of the pool, you don't want to let them learn the lesson the hard way, right? You want to intervene before he actually falls in. Um, another one, you know, you would want to intervene if it was a mistake that's harmful to somebody else, right? If your child says that he's going to announce to certain kids that they didn't get invited to his birthday party, don't let him do it, right? Teach him how to be kind. Um, and also mistakes. She says it's okay to step in if your child is going to make a mistake that won't teach your child a lesson. So if your child doesn't experience any negative consequences, then really he's not likely to view his behavior as a mistake. And just because something turned out well doesn't mean it's a good idea. For example, if your if your kid, your child decides to jump off a bridge and they didn't get hurt, they might think it's okay to do it again, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean it was a good idea. So there definitely are times to intervene. We're not saying, you know, let your child make all the mistakes, even the ones that are very dangerous. No. Mm -hmm. Um, and by the way, my youngest, this is a mistake that she sticks with, which is putting all of the colors of laundry together. She refuses to sort her laundry because that's just, anyway. Hope you don't let her cut your laundry. <laughs> and I don't, no, 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 no. Anyway, um, so the author does talk about how we can take mistakes can be opportunities for learning. And I think that that's sort of, you know, the biggest thing is 
if our child makes a mistake and they have and they are, you know learn something through it um, that's you know that's where growth and change happens and so it's you know and also teaching our kids that it's okay to admit if you make a mistake and and we as adults can do that too we can admit when we make a mistake and um and that sometimes is helpful i do that with students all the time i just was talking to a student and i made an error on my calendar and i said oopsies you know I'm, i made a mistake i'm so sorry so it's okay you know yeah you know when teaching the author talks about when you teach kids about mistakes how you know after they've made a mistake you really want to debrief with them and talk about it and so if your child fails at something right it doesn't matter whether you talk about the positive or the negative what matters is that you talk about it and and you really want to ask your child what they learned and how they think they did right so kind of letting them um, have some critical thinking um, and you know what your child may not want to be talking about it um, but it really helps turn that failure into a learning opportunity yeah yeah and and there was a, she has a little script in there so even when you know your child does something well kind of at, at really helping them pinpoint what went well and you know is you know what what are you going forward? What would you do the same? What might you do differently? And so just helping our kids kind of navigate and think through a situation, uh, I think is, is, is really helpful. Absolutely. And, and she also talks about, um, as a parent, kind of a guide to follow with different, different age ranges of kids. So, um, in preschool, right? So you want to be teaching them all about safety, right? Not running into the street, being kind and getting along with others. So safety and social skills is kind of what you want to focus on. Um, school age children, you really want to let them be critical thinkers. So asking them lots of questions and letting them try to come up with the, the solutions or the answers themselves and not jumping in and providing them with the answers, you know, encouraging them to try something. If they can't figure it out, try again, you know, before you just jump in and let them show them how to do something. Let's say, you know, how to put together a, I don't know, a model airplane or something. Um, and then teens were really struggling with, there's such societal pressure to be perfect, right? And especially with all this social media that's out there right now and, you know, all these posts on Instagram and everybody looks perfect and, you know, most of that's not real anyway. So, you know, teaching your teen to have some self-compassion and to be able to laugh at themselves and, you know, not take everything so seriously and laugh at themselves when they make a mistake too. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that she does talk about is really there's a big difference between a mistake and doing like doing something deliberate and that we we want to teach our kids that um, if you do something deliberately um, just you can't necessarily keep apologizing for the same thing. So um, I think really pointing out there's one a mistake is, you know, you make an error and then if there's something you intentionally keep doing deliberately, 
sometimes an apology is not going to um, repair repair that. You know, I right. Don't know. And I think that's when like having a natural consequence for a behavior or a mistake that seems to keep repeating itself, right? Because right. if there aren't any consequences, then they're really not going to learn. Right. Like I think of somebody who's always saying mean things to their friends and then I'm sorry, I'm sorry. At some point in time, their friends' feelings are hurt and they're going to be like, yeah, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And so, you know, that's, there's a diff, you know, that's different. And then there's that natural consequence from, from that as well. So Nicole, take us away. What's helpful and what's not as we wrap up this chapter. Okay. Let me, talk about what's helpful and what's not. So what's helpful is knowing what the types of mistakes are you should prevent. So what I talked about with safety risks or mistakes that are harmful to other people, um, establishing consequences when your child won't learn from the natural consequences of the mistake. You want to recognize the difference between a mistake and a deliberate violation. And that's kind of what you were touching on, Mona. Um, you know, repeat offenders and just say, oh, I'm sorry. Um, debriefing with your child about their successes and their failures. Teaching your child to turn mistakes into learning opportunities. And talking about your mistakes, your own mistakes as a parent, right? What you've done, what you've done as a mistake as a child and maybe even a mistake you've made recently. Giving your child examples um, of famous failures. She even talked about Thomas Edison, how he, right, he failed many, many times before he finally um, got the light bulb. So, (laughs) and then viewing your role as a guide and not a protector. Mona, do you want to talk about what's not helpful? Yeah, I think the biggest um, thing is, is we want to let our child fail but we want to give them appropriate guidance. So it's not helpful in letting your child fail and not giving them guidance. Um, and I think sort of sending the biggest piece is in the overall view of this whole chapter is really sending the mis- message that mistakes are bad, that m- mistakes are normal we're going to make mistakes and our goal is to teach our kids how to be lifelong learners and to grow from their mistakes so um nicole thank you for uh being here today and uh we'll we'll see you guys next time when we move on to our next chapter take care bye-bye everybody